This reader interview is sponsored by the patrons of the Rereading Wolf podcast. <laughs> All right, so now we have Marcos Govea. Marcos started talking to us on email with these great longish email conversations and theories, and then he began posting them on the Facebook group and on Reddit, and so he's bound to have some good stuff for this little conversation. How are you doing, Marcos? Uh, I'm doing great, thanks. I'm, I'm used to hearing your voice, but not responding to it in, in, in live. This is fun. <laughs> oh, really? On my favorite podcast, I scream at them. <laughs> All right. Well, let, okay. Let's do the let's do the five questions. Sure. First encounter with a wolf story. So I was, I was thinking. I have I have a typically tricky wolfish answer to this. Um, so, uh, my father was very much an SF reader in the 70s and 80s when uh, Wolf's Big Stuff started to come out and was a very early adopter and actually even wrote some reviews for Fantasy Review and uh, the New York Review of Science Fiction of of some of uh, Wolf's things. And so I remember from a very young age hearing about Severian. (laughs) Like, I think I was six or seven, and my father was telling me some very redacted moments from uh, the book of the New Sun. So in some ways, my first wolf story happened before I, I read any wolf. I was, I was very much ready, waiting for my chance to, to get into it. But I think the other answer is I, I really remember, you know, it's probably not the first thing I read, but I remember Nightside the Long Sun coming out. And that was the first long form wolf that I read. Mm. I was a teenager and I just remember being so absorbed in that. And just one of those things where the characters really stick with you, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I still have like mental images of Ock and Chenille and, and Silk, uh, Oreb that were formed in that time. Um, so I fe- feel that as my kind of the, the first real foothold I got in wolf was was through long sun what was the what was your reaction i just i remember being like amazed at the world building that was going on i wouldn't have used that term at that time right but Mm -hmm. it was just the thing that's always got me about wolf was the ability to have three things going on at the same time you have those sort of deep mysteries underneath you have the surface level wonder of the world, which kind of ties into those mysteries, right? Like everyone just treats this giant uh, light that's that's going through the middle of right. this generation starship as, oh, that's the sun. That's everyday stuff, right? And <laughs> it's it's a it's very Chestertonian of Wolf, right? Like you, you, you Chesterton has this line about how you um, the fairy tales have the the rivers run with wine, so that for one split second, you can remember that they actually run with water, right? And that's amazing. That's wonderful. And like, you know, having a round sun is amazing and incredible. And and so I think he does that so well. But then also the story's just gripping, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. the characters are people you can get into and sort of follow. And um, so I remember most of all, actually, the very plot level, like being caught up, I don't think I, I picked up on almost any of the the subtext mm-hmm. um, or the the 
who to trust, who not to trust kind of things that were going on when I read it later. But I do remember being carried along, you know, with, with, uh, with the story and feeling satisfied there was more under there, right? I'd, I'd heard enough from my father to know, like, you know, I remember going through that first page and that he pointed out to me the, the ship rock that's, that's supposed to not, right. And how much is, is right. embedded in that one phrase. Right. So yeah, I, I had a very positive reaction right. and, but it was also nowhere near exhaustive. Right. Like, and I knew that and I was fine with it. And I was, I remember just, I think our family would just reread them every time they came out, we'd read the first and then we'd read Nightside Lake, Nightside Lake, Calday. Right. So yeah, that's the other thing. Like I've always felt rereading Wolf was natural, mm -hmm. enjoyable, like never a chore. That's a really good introduction. I think it could have gone bad. You know, I, I could imagine that if, if my kids were reading Long Sun for the first time, I'd be over there, over their shoulders saying, and look at this, and look at this, and look at this. <laughs> <laughs> they would hate it by the end of the story. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite novel or short story, either or both? Either or both. So, um, I think favorite novel I was thinking about this. I actually enjoy the book of the new sun the most. I think there's, there's so many scenes. I, I just treasure and I'm, Oh, this one's coming up again. Right. Phrases mm -hmm. and paragraphs, but I have a real soft spot or almost too soft for, for the wizard knight. <laughs> and it's, it's because again, at the time of my life, I was reading it. I was, I was studying abroad. I was, you know, kind of on my own and, and I just remember I had this ritual that every week after my studies were done, I'd go down to this one cafe and I'd order the same drink every time and I'd sit there and I'd read one chapter. And that's all I allowed myself, one chapter of the night. And I just, I actually wrote Wolf a letter about this experience, just, you know, being a young man reading this like story about a young man and like, but it, it was. It was powerful. It was one of those things, you know, where you're not disappointed, right? Like I wanted, I wanted this to be a good book and, and it was, it was really, <laughs> really satisfying. And there, there were the things there. I just loved the, that part in particular about that book, about growing up and about manhood. And I think those elements of the book are in some ways, right. In there's reasons to, to look at them askance, even in the book, but, but I love the vision of you know, puberty as the fairy queen slept with me. And now all of a sudden I'm this huge hulking guy. What, what, what happened? Right. Like, and then, you know, he keeps like going to people and saying like, I'm actually a boy inside. I know what you mean. Right. Like that's, it's. <laughs> oh yeah. Trust me. I'm a lot older than you. And I have very, that, that sensation is very real. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I love that stuff. I love how detailed it got, you know, foining my, my introduction to, to, uh, to sword fighting <laughs> terminology, the, the, the dog, right. All those things. Like there's just so many moments in that book, which are just, um, again, mm -hmm. in some ways tender, right? Like when they think guilt is the dog, like they, they meet that angel essentially. And, and, uh, the angel says to Abel, your dog likes me better than you. Right. Does that bother you? And, and Abel says, I like you better than me. Right. Like, I, I think <laughs> a lot of that stuck with me as, as moments of 
kind of of gallantry written with a with a foot in in reality right that's not inaccessible like i actually i, I forgot to mm -hmm. say this like the the poem that he gets he puts at the beginning of that uh as the the epigraph by uh Dunsany, uh the knights I, I never succeeded, but it has been an ambition to memorize it just because it was so perfect for that book, right? The, so, yeah, so I have a, <laughs> I have a very soft spot for, for that book and, and what it meant. Favorite wolf word? I was really struggling with this one. <laughs> <laughs> because the, I love the way wolf uses words, but... I was struggling. Like, like, what do you have in mind? Maybe that'll help me. Just... Jordan Flato said Fulligen. Yeah. Swanwick said the same thing. That's kind of what I was going to. So I'm trying to do something different. But... Someone else uh, said the name that whatever name C-Rack's real name is. And yeah. I think that's Syrinx, honestly, uh, which is like the original spelling for Siren. But that's my own theory. Um. That's actually a pretty good word. I love the spelling. I love the spellings in Long Sun and Short Sun of like, um, yeah. Well, he uses, he just, he takes the original Greek spellings of, of the gods mm. and then just employs them directly. I love that. So, anything? <laughs> Let me see if there's, I'm trying to come up with, with psych, that would be one, one word, right? That would, um, I think I encountered Baudelin, Baudelin oh, yeah. um through Wolf, and I just love the way that rolls off my. Yeah, head. I mean, I'll say this is the problem. It's like you look at you're like ah, that's that's obvious, but like, I mean, I I always thought the the um, uh, Alzebo was a like the right name for that. Yeah that animal that's actually something my father told me about when i was seven or eight i remember that. <laughs> just some nightmare fodder for you um but alzebo is alzebo that's see everyone's got a different pronunciation that's another great thing about that word it's a different way of doing it yeah um um and i and i just uh recently recorded chapter three of, of claw? uh claw conciliator with craig and yeah Took a deep dive into the word for Alzabo. Uh, I just love that. Yeah, I yeah, do yeah. like that word a lot because I like I like the words that have a lot of history deep in them, hmm. and where you can really you really get a sense that of Wolf digging into the etymology and often relating it directly to him. I mean, not certainly for the Alzabo, which you can find. Uh, to Sabo or Zabo in in the Bible, and it, it just means hyena. Or Valley of it's in a in a place named Valley of the Hyenas. So it's it's basically just a word for for hyena. But it's I mean, just the word hyena. However, I mean th there are theories that they were crosses between lions and wolves. Between I love the way you say. Oh, I, I can see why this really appealed to him. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I had a, you know, kind of more to put in that. I think that's just for me. Maybe it's it's one of the favorites because it's again it has that long, like I, that right pronunciation is what my father said to me when I was when I was small. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, which is is itself interesting, right? About I think one of the things I like about 
Wolf's words is, you know, that attention to how people are pronouncing things. And that's actually been, I, mm-hmm. as, as you know, that's one of the things I, that really caught my attention early on in the, the podcast was just thinking about these things because there are a lot of Greek words in the Book of the New Sun. I've studied Greek and Latin, and so I've, I've been paying more attention to them. But um, I think I mentioned this on the mm-hmm. Facebook group, but but like I actually saw Wolf's pronunciation in Castle of the Otter for, for what I would have said, Askians, right? For, yes. For the, the people in the north. He says Asians, right? Which is oh, does he? I always say Asians, although I think I always felt like it was wrong. It's hard for, yeah. me, hard for me to stop, but uh... but but that's the thing, right? Is that like it depends if you're going to pronounce it in Greek or in Latinized Greek or any of that, like it would be Askians, right? Like shadowless, right? But uh... but he's an autodidact, which is an issue of well, trying to delve into what. Yes. It, it, when you try try and figure out, okay, well, this is actually historically this and blah 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 blah, yeah. and but you have to you have to add into that mix. What did Wolf think about it? What did Gene think yeah. about this particular word? And the other the other thing, which is, I I think I, it would not surprise me if Wolf would would uh, mm-hmm. prioritize the anglicized pronunciation. Right. I yeah. think there's a lot of places where it's like, well, this thing has history, but this is how people pronounce it. Right. You think about the pronunciation of of Latin in the, the book of common prayer. Right. Where, where you things are collects. Right. And the jubilate and, and things that are what's the other one. There's, there's another one which is uh, just totally mangles the Latin, but it's just it's the correct English right. pronunciation of that word. Right. It's been pronounced that way for hundreds of years. That doesn't that wouldn't surprise me either if you would deliberately. Um, saying, how would we pronounce that if we... Um, I'll actually, I, I realize I have one more thing that you could put as a favorite word, which is I. And it's that I in Exodus from the Long Sun, that horn drops in the back half of the book where he reveals himself as the narrator. Uh, <laughs> and I say that because yeah. I actually came across, I was trying to show it to someone and I, I, when I was in college, and I, I remember I opened up the book and found the passage, and it was the, I think it was the science fiction book club edition where they corrected it to he, uh-huh. uh huh, or or horn or whatever it was, right. uh-huh. and I actually cut out a post it note in the correct size and like put it in the book and and um, <laughs> wrote I on it so that it would be corrected for the the future. So. Um, but so that's that's another option. Yeah, apparently he was really angry over that. It was really because he had every right to be angry over that. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a big. So it's like putting a little annotation. Oh, by the way, this is horn. Right. <laughs> All right. Personal non-consensus theory about a wolf story or your favorite one. Um. So I guess. See, I, I blew my Wizard Knight wad already. I should have told you about the Detective Dreams or something like that instead. But I'll go back to Wizard Knight for a second because I think the thing which is probably most, I found most non-consensus about the way I approach Wolf is that I've never been really good at sussing out the hard stuff in Wolf. I either need a lot of help or it takes me, you know, 20 readings to sort of get down to what's, to something that's going on. So mm-hmm. I, I look at things that, that you do or, or, or Mark Armini does and 
and I say like, wow, like I, I don't even know how to, how to go there. <laughs> but I think there's actually a lot going on on the surface that can lead you in the right direction. And I think that's, that's probably my most non-consensus thing to say, right? That I think a lot of times we're talking about how there is no theory. <laughs> well, there, I think there are, but, but I don't want to lose it. I think that's kind of, it's a full package for Wolf, right? I don't think he ever right. wanted to write something that wasn't, that wasn't good to read, right? If it's going to be a, um, some sort of parody, let's say of a, of a knight's tale, then it's going to be a good knight's tale, right? It's going to be a really good one. And I think that that element actually means that there, there's a lot going on, right? Mm -hmm. Like I just think about how much, um, passages where Severian is just reflecting in one way or the other, right? Like I think about the the passage where he's just walked out of Thrax and is lying under the stars, right? And he's just so perturbed by the thought that someone might have deliberately right. arranged the stars to be constellations. Yeah. <laughs> he's just he can't sleep because he like he's now bothered by this, right? Um this like I think there's a lot going on in that passage beyond all the what's really going on with the timey wimey stuff. What's, you know, what, what is Severian's purpose? How much is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Like there's just some real depth there. So I guess, you know, I'm, I'm overplaying how, how much I'm not good at that stuff. What I'm good at is the literary stuff, mm -hmm. right? Like and and seeing the, the references and, but I think that that'll take you a long way. Like when you know when I'm saying surface level, like I'm, I'm still like I'm still reading passages of these things and say, oh, that's a reference to to Varro, right? <laughs> like, but um, I think sometimes the the shape of those and and the pattern of those will will carry you pretty far to understanding the the sense. And I, I think it's a mistake mm -hmm. to to be too cynical about the the surface reading of of Wolf. That's right. You just remind me how much I'm going to enjoy that uh, uh, Lichter. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, passage yeah. when we get to it. It's it's wonderful. <laughs> most frustrating. This may be uh, a dead end here. Most frustrating yeah. mystery in a wolf story. <laughs> any. Yeah, no, exactly. They were all very frustrating for me. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know. I recently spent some time trying to do uh, Severian's mom. So I've joined the crew of many of those people who have tried and failed. Um, yes. <laughs> but I actually, I'll say this one. I, again, I didn't try very hard on this, but I remember reading endangered species when I was, when I was a teenager as well. I remember just Suzanne Delage just drove me nuts. <laughs> what just happened in this story? I know. Yeah. Okay. It's all on the surface there. It's, it's very clear. And yet, <laughs> what am I missing? Because I did, I didn't get it. Um, yeah. So, so that we could, we could throw that one into. That's, That's a good one. That's a good one. Well, what you're describing there is probably why uh, the book of the new sun was never my favorite wolf story because of the uncomfortable mm. feeling it gave me of things happening just outside my my view. You know, you're like in a horror movie where someone walks in a. Uh, you know, a dark house and they can hear the pitter patter of children's feet and laughing just outside of view. That's the way I felt the whole way out time I was reading the book of the new sun. And in some sense, that's what I'm trying to work through when I'm talking to Craig. Yeah. Just the, the sense that there's, 
there's something there and right. it's, it's just just out of you and um yeah and that's an interesting one because it's not like the the lack of consensus is really like it, that's that's one of those moments where we feel like a, a preview of like late wolf right with the that um mm-hmm. that sense of like i just can't there's just too many like loose ends <laughs> to to uh to figure it all out um yeah i realized i know i know you got more material than you need but can i say something about the detective of dreams on yeah yeah come bring it on i just want to bring it because i think i think this story i mentioned this on the facebook group when people asked asked that i forget if you or, or someone else asked about favorite stories but i wanted to mention because I, I i remember i actually gave a a packet of gene wolf stories to a friend and i i was reviewing it um for this to, to to look at what i said and i i actually didn't give that that story or or shield of mars which shields of mars which would have been my my two favorite stories but i described it uh detective dreams as as a uh jet fuel for my rocket pack <laughs> when i was young and i i just think that story is such a masterpiece of 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 sort of laying putting plots together right so that the retelling of the parables of jesus which are in which it happens in that story mm-hmm. is done so subtly right and everyone's perspective is the person who's like feels threatened by it right and it's such a unique kind of way to approach it i just remember being inspired by that and moreover mm-hmm. the uh the very beginning of it got my best of wolf here i'm trying to find it there's this part where he's um been uh offered the the detective has been offered the job to try to figure this out right and we get this this paragraph where he says like very well then he said and so saying launched into one of the most astonishing relations no the most astonishing relation i've ever been privileged to hear even i who had at first hand the account of the man who found Paulette Renan with a quince seed still lodged in her throat, who had received Captain Brott's testimony concerning his finds amid the Antarctic ice, who had heard the history of the woman called Joan O'Neill, who lived for two years behind a painting of herself in the Louvre from her own lips. <laughs> Even I sat like a child while this man spoke. Right, so we hear Wolf cast out three story ideas that he then write. <laughs> you know just as window dressing for this moment and it's beautiful it's just like it sets this this tone for storytelling that's a that's a great story i love that one yeah all right all right marcos thank you thank you this was great good now i have a voice to put to your uh post yeah absolutely I know. I'm, I'm sorry. I know I, I'm. I'm talking. I don't get to talk about Wolf very much. It's. <laughs> you know, I, I originally imagined this as being like five minutes long, but none of them are that long, and it's primarily my fault because I. I just, well, tell me something else. Tell me this. Tell me this. So, I mean, if I if I was really wanting to keep them short, then I would say, "Give me your answer." Give me your answer. I would not. I would avoid feedback. I would avoid uh, responding back. But that's really not something i can do apparently awesome okay no thank you no thank you that was great i really appreciate it no thank you for taking the time letting me go on and uh (laughs) for you know for doing this it's really um my father was an earth lister back in the day and and i sort of like was a hanger on and but i never what was his name uh fernando govea fernando i think i remember fernando yeah okay yeah 
So I'm actually on there too. I have a post or two, but they're very embarrassing. So don't look them up. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I will look them up now. I know. Now you're going to look them up. But yeah, but this has been sort of like very satisfying for me to sort of be able to engage with this community when I'm uh, kind of in a better place to do it. So uh, appreciate your work on it and uh, for you guys being so affable with everyone. And it's, it's been a really good good space to, to reread, reread Wolf. So. All right. <laughs> well, thank you. Have a great day. <laughs> All right. Bye. The Riders, Lord Dunsany. Who treads those level lands of gold, the level fields of mist and air, and rolling mountains manifold, and towers of twilight over there? No mortal foot upon them strays, no archer in the tower dwells, but feet too airy for our ways go up and down their hills and dells. The people out of old romance, and people that have never been, and those that on the border dance between old history and between resounding fable as the king who held his court at Camelot. There Guinevere is wandering, and there the knight, Sir Lancelot, and by yon precipice of white, as steep as Roncival and more, within an inch of fancy sight, Roland the peerless rides to war, and just the tip of Quixote's spear, the greatest of them all by far, is surely visible from here. But no. It is the evening star. This was again entirely sponsored by the patrons of the Rereading Wolf podcast. You can go to patreon.com slash rereadingwolf to play a part in bringing other amazing things like this into the world. And if you want to take on the five questions with us, reach out to us by email or one of the other methods listed in the show notes of this episode. We need to bring you closer to me, so don't you squirm now.